today you are here with Skybacker Yamakawa and Catherine Moore. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Sky. Hi. So tell me, what have you been working on? So I'm just finishing up a piece for Gallery 1988's 25 Years Later. So we're focused on movies released 25 years ago. So I'm doing a piece for The Big Lebowski. Awesome. Everybody loves The Big Lebowski. Yeah, it's like, I love Big Light. There was a few movies I wanted to choose from, but I requested that one. And I was like, if it's oversaturated, I'll do something else. But they're like, we'll go ahead and do something. Gallery 1988 has actually moved. So they're no longer on Melrose Ave. They're now in Glendale. And they're basically totally online now. Oh, wow. So they do have gallery space. It sounds like what they're doing is they're kind of figuring it out. Because I said 95% of their business was done online anyway. They kind of opened this new building where they will have work up but it's by appointment. If you want to come in and look at it in person, you can come in. And then I think they're trying to figure out if they're going to, once they're more settled later in the year, if they're going to do opening receptions, they don't know if they're going to do that. I guess that since the pandemic, that's kind of opening receptions have really dwindled. And I think we've talked to a few artists that were saying that is true of opening receptions in general, that they're not as well attended as they used to be pre-pandemic. Well, so I have two questions. One, can you say who you're doing from Big Lebowski? (laughs) I would rather wait for people to see it. Okay. I worked a couple characters in there. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Check it out. I'm going to be posting it soon online. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Two, do you have to ship your work to them if it's online? Yes, because they are still hanging it. Like I said, they have the gallery space. So the show will be hanging for people that want to see it in person can make an appointment and go see it. Okay. So they're just not doing the big opening receptions that they were doing before. Cool. That's exciting. So how about you? What are you working on this week? It's today after we finish, I have to go into the city and later this afternoon, evening, because there will be the big unveiling of the large hearts for the San Francisco General Hospital. Oh my gosh, how exciting! Yeah, they're going to have a big unveiling in the port room at the Ferry Building. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, so I get to see all the big hearts. And they'll have some of the smaller ones, possibly. I think some of them are on display at Neiman Marcus. Oh, okay. Is it open to the public? Can anybody go see it? I think for the unveiling, they gave us tickets. Oh, okay. So I think maybe you had to pay a fee, but after that, it's will be on view through February. So I think oh, nice. can go and see. Yeah. And there was six artists, not the celebrity artists. Siren Norris's will be unveiled at the gala. Okay. The rest of us lowly artists. <laughs> lowly artists. <laughs> Two of the other women artists have reached out to me through social media to ask just to connect and mm-hmm. be like, what are you using for this? Right. And have you heard anything about, I'm hoping I'll get to meet them too. Nice. That sounds like fun. That's so awesome. Hey, that's what I'm doing today. Yay. (laughs) We will be right back to talk about pricing your artwork. Hello and welcome back. Today we are talking about pricing your artwork, which sounds pretty basic. And most of us who've been doing this for a while probably have it down pat. But there are many factors that go into pricing your artwork and different methods. And Mm -hmm. even though I knew all these when I figured out my prices, (laughs) 
when I went over it and then I had like a reintro into all these mathematical equations and formulas, I was like, oh, maybe I should uh, think about that. Yeah. A little bit more seriously, or maybe like crunch the numbers and figure out this is the way I was doing it. Let's just see what the prices would be using these other formulas. Mm-hmm. But as I started to go into this, we started to think about the different factors. You consider this when you price your artwork, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Who was the artwork for? I will say it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I was taught and I learned through working with galleries that because you don't want to undercut a gallery, mm-hmm. that your work should be consistently priced no matter who you're doing it for. If my work is priced at $1,000 for a gallery, it's going to be priced $1,000 online. It's going to be priced $1,000 if I'm giving it to for a commission. Oh, really? So that was the other thing. Is it a commission? Because I think I read an article years ago by Matt Kennedy when he was with La Luz de Jesus, where he was saying, if you do a commission piece for somebody, they're paying you to do it, you should charge more. Interesting. I've just kept my prices consistent. Okay. My customer base knows, and I usually have a price range because it's based on time and detail and how many subjects and all that. So I usually have a range for like a 16 by 20 could be anywhere from 1400 up to 2000. So I kind of have a range that I have in there. But that's just how I do it. I know some people, and we'll probably talk about it, based by square inch or whatever, but I don't. I've always based on time and overhead. Okay. For me, I've had it too, where I might like to work on a certain size and ask a certain amount, but Mm -hmm. I'd be invited to be in a show with a gallery who I really want to work with, and they only sell in a certain price range, Mm -hmm. which means, okay, then I got to paint smaller or think about that. Right. In terms of another factor that could impact when you're pricing your artwork. Like, is it for a gallery? Is there a size restriction? Does the gallery have a certain price range? Like some galleries don't usually sell things for over $500. Mm-hmm. And I've worked within those parameters too. I've working to get a couple of things where it's, you know, nothing over 500 because they want it to be more accessible. And I totally get that. And I love that. But that means I'm working small or I'm working less, less detailed or no background or something like that. Right. And then for commissions, there was this one statement that I read. It said, if you're feeling resentment towards your client or customer, it's a good bet you need to raise your prices. <laughs> so if you ever get a commission where you're thinking, I don't normally paint this and I don't know if I want to paint this, but maybe I don't mind painting it if I get paid X amount. Right. So that was, that's definitely something to think about when doing your prices. About. Yeah. Yeah. So there was the basic methods. So there was pricing per square inch. Okay. So there were all different formulas. We get really mathy here. Yeah. It was like, well, maybe that's why I don't do it. I was like, that's too much math. Yeah. <laughs> so it was multiply the paintings width by the length to arrive at the total size in square inch, then multiply that number by a set dollar amount that's appropriate for your reputation. In this article, they said they use $6 per square inch for an oil painting and then calculate the, calculate the cost of the canvas, the framing, and double that number. For example, I was just like, okay, my head just popped open. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> We're already too in the weeds for me. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but I always would see these formulas and read articles or hear people talk about it. And then I would forget it instantly. And I'd be like, wait a minute. Yeah. How did they do that? <laughs> so, 
So it was like, okay, if you have a 16 by 20 oil on linen painting, that would be 320 square inches. And they were saying $6 per square inch, 320 times six, they're at $1,920. And they rounded down to 1900. So you say, okay, a 16 by 20 oil painting for $1,900. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. May I ask why they rounded it down or up? I mean, why would you round? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just wanted a whole okay. number. <laughs> huh. So they had space for shipping. Like I price stuff without a whole number, but it's okay. I was just wondering if there was a reason why they were rounding. Oh, no, no. They're still going. Whoops. I skipped part of their formula. Because I was like, what about the canvas? So they said they got their canvas and their frame for 150 so they multiplied that times two. Okay, I'm confused. So that's at 300. And then they put it all together. They had the 1900 plus the 300. So then their total was 2200 for the retail price. They weren't done yet. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. It looks like they're multiplying everything times two because gallery takes 50%, right? Oh, it could be. It could be. So I've heard artists say that they mark their prices up and they work with galleries, but I have read, as you said, and I typically do that same practice, which is to, it's the same price for me versus the gallery. There's no markup. Right. So and then they say after 50% commission is paid, it comes to $950 for the painting and $150 for the framing, a total of $1,100. Right. Or you could just base it on what is your hourly wage and how much time mm -hmm. did you spend on the painting? Right. That's what I do. That's what you do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's changed. If you're new, your price per hour should be less than someone who's been doing it for 15, 20 years or something. So when I first started showing, I think I said, what I do, it's, it's kind of re weird reverse math, but I go, if I sell it at this price, and then I figure out what is half of that, if I'm working with a gallery, I mostly work with galleries. So it's that, but Whatever my commission is should not be less than what I want to get paid hourly. Sometimes it's a little more, but I don't want it to be less. So when I first started showing, I think I went, I don't want to make less at the time. This was many years ago. I said, I don't want to make less than $15 an hour. So whatever I priced my work at, I made sure that based on my time and overhead, that I was not making less than 15 an hour. Now it's higher than that. I was like, I definitely don't want to make less than 30 an hour. Like that's that's my bottom price. Right. So then I just kind of price accordingly. And when you've been painting, I think for a while, you should have an idea of how long it takes you to do your work on different sizes. Right. Without having to do math. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the big bad M word. Yeah, that's horrible for me. So when you price your work though with your hourly wage, do you include the time that you spend generating the idea and sketching it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, all of it. So there was another one. There was another, the math was easier to do on this. <laughs> I like easier math. Easier math is great. But I felt like the concept was a little more vague. So they said, example, for my four by four inch painting at $20 per linear inch, four plus four is eight. So it's eight linear inches, eight linear inches times $20 is 160. So 160 for four by four inch painting. That sounds reasonable. So then they said a 32 by 32 inch painting at $20 per linear inch, 32 plus 32 is 64 
linear inches, 64 linear inches times 20 is $1,280. Mm, no. <laughs> See, that sounds way too inexpensive. A, th a 32 by 32, that's huge. That's a decent sized painting. Yeah, definitely. That's a huge painting for me. I was like, yeah. me who like large is 18 by 24. I did a 32 by 24 and mine was priced more than twice that. And that was earlier in my career. There's no way I would price a painting that large for that little. Right. That's just right. me. <laughs> but it depends. But if I was, oh, I'm just going to do this one character, no background, not, not a lot of detail, then maybe that's okay. Right. The problem I think that I have with the pricing per inch, especially this second method, the first method actually seems a little more accurate. Mm -hmm. The second method, the simplistic method, you really do need to think about your time. Your time is what people should be paying for. Mm -hmm. Then you're just thinking of it. This is my product. My product is this, but it's your time that is worth money. Yeah. So these are the math formulas, the mysterious math formula. <laughs> and then, right, there's the hourly rate. And then there's pricing your artwork based on the sizes and the prices that the other artists might be selling who are at your level or in the same gallery with you, whatever it may be. Or you could use all, all of the methods and sort of come out yeah. with the answer. I know someone says, I was like, do you price by inch? I remember I had this conversation many years ago with someone. And I said, no, when I said I have a range for my sizes, it's really because I know if I do like an 11 by 14, there's only so much I can fit into that. And I know going into it, how long it's going to take me if I do X amount of detail or one character, usually on an 11 by 14, I'm only going to have one subject on there. Right. So I know ahead of time how long it's going to take me. So when I say there's a range, it's like if I'm adding more detail or more subject, I know it's going to take longer. So therefore the price will be end up being more than if I take some of that stuff away. See that, especially with the, in a commission situation. Mm -hmm. Next we have helpful tips. So one was stand by your prices, which can be hard if you really want to sell a piece and somebody wants to really negotiate with you. There was this one article where this artist told a terrible horror story about doing commission piece. And she had a new term called PETA, P-I-T-A, which was pain in You've the ass. You've never heard that? <laughs> I haven't heard that client. Really? Oh, that's old. Oh, so, well, there was ass. a PETA client yeah. where I guess they, they came and she met with them. She had wonderful time discussing the commission job. She was very excited to do it. They said they were excited. They left. Then it came time to give money. And then they said, well, we spoke to our friends and family and they said, you're overpricing us by a lot. And we can have this other person do it for 50% less. Yeah, she didn't handle it well. She like backed off and said, oh no, you know, I can lower it. And then she resented it and they complained about everything and it was a disaster. So she said, just stick by your price. They either want to pay it or they don't. Right, exactly. So, And then I think of that, that little phrase, know your worth. Yeah, know your worth. I think that's important to have a written contract, not this verbal contract. You want a written contract stating all the information so both parties know ahead of time. So you do have some recourse if you have to deal with a client like that. Right. What other artists had said was state your price and be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have recently, I've had quite a few commission scams online where people ask for artwork they were like small pieces and 
it just seemed kind of silly or just not really worth it to take a percentage up front. Right. And then it turned out to be more of a scam situation. And I already did the painting. So it's not about the money. Right. When you do a commission, it's not about taking that 50% up front. And that's what I forgot. Mm-hmm. It's not about collecting the money to help cover your costs because it might be a very small amount because it might be a small piece. It's about making sure that the person is really committed to the transaction. Right. Exactly. Yep. State your price and be quiet. Let people figure it out if they're really interested or not. Exactly. There's been a times where people have, have turned me down based on what my price is or something. And the way I look at it is like, oh, you know what? That's just not the right client or the right customer for this time. And I eventually end up either selling the piece or getting a different commission down the line. It's good to be accessible to other people. You could work within a budget. I usually ask at outset, especially if it's for a commission work, what the person's budget is. So I know ahead of time where they're at and whether or not I can work within those parameters. I like to do that too, but people get real cagey with me when I bring up the, what is your budget? So I think moving forward, I'm just going to say, I don't work smaller than blank. This mm-hmm. size is this much. Just have a menu. Yeah, this is it. And probably I started doing that probably because most commission work was actually illustration work. So it was always like, Hey, what's your budget? So that was just what was ingrained in me. But I think that makes sense. What you're saying too, is just have, this is my price for this size. and. That's it. Yeah. Especially if you're doing a lot of commissions. Okay. Well, we will be right back with art news. Hello and welcome back. Today we have our art news segment and we're going to talk about the Cindy Sherman history portraits, which came out, I think in 1988 to 1990. So this is old news, but I came across new news to me. Did you see these? I did not actually. Okay, good. I'm not the... Yeah, not the the only one. (laughs) Yes. She did the Caravaggio, the young, sick, is it Bacchus? Bacchus, yeah, I think so. Bacchus. She did it and it was like, no way, that's not Cindy Sherman. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It totally was. They were really, really cool. And it was funny because I just had seen somewhat recently that Bob DeSat, who we had interviewed, did his own interpretation of the young, sick Bacchus as well Uh on his social media. And then I was like, Cindy Sherman did it. Yeah, so she did these history portraits that look like you've seen them before, but can't figure on quite where. The mm-hmm. imitating look and the scale of the conical Renaissance, Baroque, Rococo, and neoclassical works, Sherman's history portraits explore the stereotype, gender identity, portraiture, while also leaving behind obvious clues about the artifice of these reproductions. She has her unsubtle prosthetics and wigs, overdone makeup, make them somewhat off suggesting that the originals that they're based on are also constructs that shouldn't be trusted, which was interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. It was. It was interesting. Her, her makeup, of course, was overdone and stuff. But when I saw the young sick Bacchus, I looked over it and I thought it was somebody's painting of it. And then I realized, oh, no, wait, that's Cindy Sherman. That's a photograph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she had a bunch and they were very cool. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up finding out that this other Japanese man, Yasumasa Morimura, does something very similar. Right. Yeah. Have you seen his? Well, I did when you sent me the information about this. I went through and I looked at the artwork and there it's it's very interesting. It is. To see them. Yeah. And his, I think, involved performance at times. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's like this Japanese man and he does a lot of Frida paintings, which is 
really funny and very entertaining for me. Yeah. And it's not like you're like, okay, so what? He dressed in drag and like had his hair done and makeup. It's like, no, no, he didn't just do feet. Like he did the wounded deer. Yeah, he did. I actually really like his Van Gogh portrait. (laughs) Right. That one was good. That was, it was like, it looks like a painting, but it's, it does. It's really cool. Yeah, looking. Very, very cool. And then did you see he did the William Blake painting, Saturn devouring one of his children? Yes, yes. Oh my God. He really captured the grotesque. <laughs> I know. And he's got, he does celebrity picks too. Like I, he did Marilyn Monroe, I think, and right. Einstein, like the famous Einstein portrait. Right. It's really cool. Like you should check that out. It was completely different, but mm-hmm. they're both in the same field of photography with themselves imitating these masters yeah they were very cool I would recommend looking them up just to see something very weird and cool and artistic absolutely okay well great where can we find you online Catherine you can find me online my website is tncanvas.com and on social media I'm on Facebook and Instagram both at tncanvas great and you can find me at skiesart.com or Sky's Art Shop on Instagram. And you can follow Off the Easel Podcast on Instagram as well. And please follow and like our podcast wherever you listen to it. So as Cindy Sherman once said, the still must tease and the promise of a story, the viewer of it itches to be told. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and happy Happy creating. creating.